Uh, I want to preach today uh, about detours and the product of detours. I just got through a series at our church about this, and uh, I think uh, and hope today uh, this would be very practical to people that have come into church today. I think we, after you hear the service, you'll understand what I'm talking about. I, wanna, I want you to open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 41 today. In a minute, we'll, we'll allude to the scripture. But as I talk about the product of detours, I want to define what I mean detours. Detours are a deviation from a, a direct course or a, a usual procedure. You're used to going this way. You're used to going this path. And all of a sudden, you're deviated. Usually, these detours are unexpected, and they're unwelcomed in your life. And when I talk about detours, I talk about things that happen in your life. We live in Chattanooga. We live actually in Hickson outside. I move around, so I hope that's okay. I'm, I'm like, I can't stand behind the pulpit. I'll be back over there in a minute. But uh, uh, we live in a suburb of, of Chattanooga. And we go over train tracks. That's our path every day. And so there's trains usually there, but uh, you're, hopefully you can miss the train and not have to wait on the train and you go on into uh, work or to church. And so, uh, you know, you come there and all of a sudden you're around the corner and you're praying, God, please, no train, no train. And there's the train. And so what you have to do is if that train is stopped on the tracks, you got to turn around and you got to find an alternate route. So you're on a detour now. And so you go around and you know where you're going. I'm going to Thrasher Pike. I'm heading that way. And you get to Thrasher Pike and the same train is blocking that track, blocking the road there. And so you're, I mean, you are frustrated. You are ready to get to your destination and you have to turn around again. And about a, a usually a 10 minute ride to church turns into about a 40 minute ride to church because of a train, because of a detour. Things that you did not expect, things that you don't want but they come in your life. I gotta say this, I was headed home from church the other night and uh, I'm coming o over those train tracks, I'm coming over that road and I look about 40 feet down uh, the tracks, about 40 yards as they say down the track and there's a white sedan on the tracks, on the tracks. They have taken, they said their uh, GPS led them down the train tracks. They were out of town folks and I said, folks, you're not getting to a hotel on these tracks right here. They were literally on the tracks. Detours. So you turn to Genesis 41 there. We're going to take a look at the life of Joseph. He encountered, as you know in his life, he encountered some unexpected detours. He journeyed through some mountaintop experiences, some great experiences in his life. And then he went through some deep, deep, dark valleys. See, I'm a pastor, like Tony said, and I pastor people. I love our people. I care for our people. And there's some of our people at Calvary Baptist Church, which, by the way, are your brothers and sisters in Christ. They just happen to go to another church in Chattanooga. But they're your brothers and sisters. And I have some of our people that are going through some deep, deep, dark valleys. The valley of cancer. The valley of a, a child, a wayward child, son, daughter. They're going through those things. Financially, a great job, an engineer, and all of a sudden, job's gone. And they're going through a great detour. Detours can come in so many ways. For Joseph in Genesis 37, you can go back there. I won't be reading the verses, but he's betrayed by his brothers, his own brothers. He's thrown into a pit. He's sold into slavery. He serves in Potiphar's house. He's falsely accused. As you go through this, he's falsely accused of sexual assault. He's thrown into prison. In prison, in prison, 
Joseph is given a promotion. He starts to tend to the prisoners and, and encourage the prisoners. And this is where we'll pick it up today as we see the product of detours and God, how he wants to mature us through the detours of life. There are people in this room, you're going through a detour. Either you've just come out of a detour or you're going through a detour. And when I mean a detour, I mean a trial. I mean a tribulation. I mean a struggle that you were not expecting and you're going through it. And you live long enough and you'll face these. We see, first of all, if you're taking notes, we see the patience of Joseph. Look at verse 1, please. And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. I, I don't know if, you, if Joseph was impatient. I, I, I don't know that, if that was the reason why God was teaching him patience. But uh, this was what was going on. He had waited 12 years. He had waited 12 years in prison. I mean, this is a long time in a detour in his life. And again, you may be doing that. My parents have experienced a detour with my brother. My brother has gone away, he's a prodigal. And this detour has lasted over close to 16 years now, 17 years. And it is something they carry with them every day. They did not expect this to happen, but it has happened to them. They're walking through this in their faith walk. So patience, 12 years, Joseph had requested the chief butler, if you remember, that he would remember him. Remember me when you, when you go to Pharaoh, when you see him. Remember how I served you, how I ministered to you. Remember me. Look at, uh, again, uh, the, the uh, butler there didn't remember. Look at verse 23. Yet did he, the chief butler, this is uh, Genesis 40, verse 23. Yet did the chief butler remember not, and he didn't remember Joseph, but forgot him. The, the butler had gone on to bigger and better things. He forgot Joseph. He forgot all about him. Again, Joseph had already been in prison for 10 years, and now he would have to wait two more years in prison. Now, I don't know about you. You're getting to the end. You're thinking, oh, man, this is going to happen. I'm going to get a pass. I'm going to get out of this detour, and I'm ready. And now you have to wait two more years. And, man, I'm going to tell you, that's discouraging. That's defeating. So you look at first one. Again, Pharaoh had dreamed a dream. Joseph's patience had been matured, and he's waiting all these years. He's 30 years old. Look at verse 46 of this passage, and it says that he's 30 years old. We're talking about from 18 to 30. He's on all this time, but God had truly taught him something here, to wait, to be patient, and to wait on the Lord. Listen to this verse. It's Romans 12, 12. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Romans 12, 12. I don't know about you, but if I, as I'm going through detours, Tony, as I'm going through detours, I want to get out of them as fast as I can. I want to get out of this trial. I want to get out of this tribulation as fast as I can. Here's Joseph. Please get the picture. He's there for 12 years. God is doing something in his life as preparing. Joseph was a wonderful young man, but Joseph needed some chiseling. Joseph needed some character building. Joseph needed God to work on him. And he needed to experience God in that time. Again, I want to get out of it. I want to get out of this trial. I want to get out of this tribulation. I've been there. You've been there. You've gone through the struggles. But I believe the most important thing thus to do is slow down and allow God to develop patience in our life. We don't want that. We run from, I don't want to be patient. I'm, we say this, I'm patient enough. I don't need more patience. Well, I want to tell you something. I need more patience. 
And maybe, I see a hand go up, we all could do for more patience. Joseph chose to do this and God developed patience in his life. But we see another product of the detours. Look at verse 9, the providence of God. Start at verse 8, Genesis 41, verse 8. And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled, Pharaoh, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof. Your Sunday school teacher here in the auditorium was talking about this this morning. All the wise men thereof, and Pharaoh told them his dream, but was, there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. Look at verse 9. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember the faults, this, my faults this day. Pharaoh was wroth with his servants, but put me in ward in prison in the captain of guard's house, both me and the chief butler, baker, excuse me. And we dreamed a dream in one night, I and he, we dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was there with us a young man, a Hebrew servant to the captain of the guard. And we told him and he interpreted to us our dreams to each man according to his dream he did interpret. Verse 13, and it came to pass as he interpreted to us, so it was me he restored unto mine office and him he hanged. See, we can say this, and, we, and this is what we often say, this is just luck. God brings Joseph to a place where he's going to get a promotion here in just a moment, and he's just lucky. Folks, I want to tell you something. Don't go about your faith walk putting things in the category of luck. It's the hand of God. It's the providence of God. Look at this. Think, walk through this with me. Remember, the butler forgot Joseph. But all of a sudden, just by coincidence, uh, no, not by coincidence, God reminded the chief butler of Joseph. As you look down through there, Pharaoh has a dream. He dreams. He dreams. God is in control. As you look at your life and as you look at the life of Joseph, you see the hand of God. Uh, I, uh, I never thought I would be here as a pastor of a church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I grew up there, but that was not on the radar for me. And God started orchestrating things, and God started taking things away, and God started putting things in my path. And God orchestrated, and his hand was very evident in my life, preparing me for a moment where I pastor a church. People I grew up ministering to as a youth pastor, an assistant pastor, and all I saw through that whole time was the hand of God, the providence of God. This isn't just happenstance. This isn't just a mistake. Look at it again. Joseph, he's, he's reminded Pharaoh has a dream all designed by the providence of God. All of a sudden, the butler remembers it's the hand of God. Uh, Joseph had interpreted the dreams. That's the hand of God, the power of God. Pharaoh calls for Joseph, brings him out of the dungeon. Nothing but the hand of God and the providence of God. Hey, folks, please look at life this way. It's, again, it would be a shame for us. And I know as your pastor, Pastor Tony would say, hey, look at what God is trying to teach you through this detour. Look at what God is trying to speak into your life through this detour. Again, let's go back to the patience. We get in a hurry and we don't want to learn things. I want to get out of this detour. And God is not able to talk to us or speak to us like he wants to. Hey, folks, I want to tell you something today. You may be in a detour. Take a moment. And see what God is doing in your life. And see it as God looking over you, caring for you, the providence of God. This was God's timing. This was God's hand in Joseph's situation. His great trial to show Joseph God was still in control. And I love that. 
hey, I want to tell you, I've been in the midst of chaos. We've been in the midst of two transitions at our church. I was there. We had two pastors leave under bad circumstances. And you want to talk about chaos? It got chaotic. But I saw this. I saw the providence of God. I saw the sovereignty of God. And that God was still in control in, in the midst of the chaos. Today, God is working in people's lives through unexpected detours. It's not a coincidence. It's not a happenstance. It's not luck. If luck's the factor, I want you to write this down. If luck's the factor, then faith and obedience is not the factor. If all it is is when good things happen to me, and again, Joseph's getting ready to have a wonderful thing, an awesome thing in his life, so all of a sudden that's luck. No, this is faith in God. This is obedience in God. This is the hand of God. This is the providence of God. It's the providence of God that is working in our trials to show himself, to reveal himself to us and us. So you can see the hand of God all throughout Joseph's life, and God wants us to see him clearly throughout our life and through our detours. So another product of detours is this, the perspective of detours. Look at verse 16, please, with me in Genesis 41, verse 16. Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, I love this. Please get these words in the balcony down here on the main floor. Joseph answered Pharaoh. He's got the privilege. Pharaoh calls for him. He's standing before Pharaoh, and he answers him this. It is not in me. It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Look at this. Joseph has been delivered from the dungeon for a moment of truth. The lights are on, just like the lights are on right now with me. He's standing there before Pharaoh, spotlights shining on him. What is he going to say? It's all about me. I'm capable of doing this. I'm capable of making it through the detours. I'm going to tell you how good I am. No, Joseph says, it is not in me. And I can say this today, and I know Tony would say the same thing. It's not in us. It's not in us. We can't do it. We can't stand and preach. We can't stand and lead. We can't stand and minister. It's only by the power of God, the providence of God, the grace of God. It's not in me. He's a 30-year-old Hebrew slave, and he's called on. Pharaoh has dreamed, and he wants an answer. How will Joseph start? Look at it, what it says. His first words, it is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Verse 16 Here's what Joseph learned in the pit, in the Potiphar's house, in the prison. He learned that God is mighty. He learned that he was sufficient to give the answer. Paul said it this way, not I, not I, but Christ that liveth in me. I've learned something. I've tried to do it on my own. I've been a Christian for a long time, since I was 14 years old. I've tried to go on my own. I've tried to do it on my own. But I want to tell you something. I have failed and I have fallen flat on my face. I have found this in Christian life. I have found sufficiency in God and not in myself. Not I, but Christ that liveth in me. Joseph got it. Got it. He had a biblical, he had spiritual perspective. No way I could do this, but, but I know who can. Look at, he keeps on pointing Pharaoh back. Look at verse 25 with me, please. And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, the dream of Pharaoh is one. God has showed Pharaoh what he's about to do. He says that in verse 25. Look at verse 28 with me. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Look at verse 32. And for that the dream was doubled. 
unto Pharaoh twice. It is because this thing is established in God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. What did Joseph do? He kept on pointing Pharaoh to God. You have good things. You have wonderful things in the trials of life, in tribulations of life. You need to point people to Jesus Christ in your tragedy, in your trials, in your detours. If you're able to overcome and you see victory and you're, you're valiant in that, in that time, don't take attention and don't take honor. Point people to Jesus during that time. When you go through unexpected detours, there's going to be people say, how did you do that? How did you make it through? What did you do? Who enabled you to make it through that great trial? God did. That's exactly right. Who helped you? I'm going to tell you right now that God Almighty helped me. There's only one true God. He lives with inside of me through the Holy Spirit who indwells me. That is the only way I can do that. That is the only way that Joseph was able to do that. He had suffered great trials and tribulations, but now he stands before Pharaoh. He's getting ready to have the greatest promotion of all his life. He's in a magical a moment where he's going to bless and help many people. How did you do it? It wasn't anybody but God. It wasn't me, but it was God. I want you to see this. Now we see the perspective of Pharaoh. As we go through detours, now Pharaoh's gathering some perspective. Look at verse 38 and 39. Pharaoh said unto his servants, can we find such a one, uh, one as this, a man, look at it, what says, a man whom the Spirit of God is. Verse 39, the Pharaoh said unto Joseph, for as much as God has showed thee all this, look at what it says, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. I, I want you to see a man whom the Spirit of God is. He's recognizing this. Joseph says, you're going to have to find someone. And Joseph is standing right there and he sees this is the first time that this is ever mentioned in the Bible. A, a man whom the Spirit of God is. That's evident. I mean, he's just coming out. You're overflowing with him. And I am, it's evident. Not only is it, is it that, there's none those, as discreet as wise. And it doesn't Joseph. Joseph can't manufacture that. Joseph can't come up with that. That's God. That's nothing but God. So what happened here was Joseph chose to follow God, to trust God in the detours, in the trials of life. He chose to slow down and let him build character in his life and patience in his life. And as a result of that, now, get it, Pharaoh gets perspective. He sees God in Joseph's life. He's starting to acknowledge there's something different. There's something extremely different about this young man. He's wise beyond his years. The Spirit of God is in him. I'm going to tell you something. As you walk through your faith walk, you're at work, you're at home. Your kids need to see that, man, there's something different about my parents. There's something real about my parents. There's something real and genuine. And I want to tell you something. The next generation is looking for that. There's people at your work that are looking for people that are real and genuine and that are walking through their faith walk. They're not perfect. But they're walking through and they're trusting God in the trials of their life. Trials come up daily. Unexpected trials will come your way this week. It's amazing as I was preaching six weeks and I had member after member, Tony, come up to me. Hey, Pastor Dwight, I'm going through this detour right now. And it's str I'm struggling. I'm hurting. But I'm reminded of the things you've told me from Scripture. 
Remember this, two of the greatest things that God can do through unexpected detours in your life. Number one, he can build character in our lives. When you face the detours of life, he wants to build character in your life. Number two, I want you to get this. uh, As he builds the character in your life, he wants us to impact those around us in a positive way. They're watching. How are they going to respond to this difficulty? How are they going to respond to this difficult news? How are they going to respond to this? What are they going to do? Are they going to curse God? They're going to turn their back on God? Or are they going to trust God through this time? See, I, I know what I'm saying today. I know that this is real. I know this is hitting home with people because you have faced this. How have you responded? What have you allowed God to do in those times in your life? Would you write this down? You maybe have heard this before. Remember, life is 10% what happens to you, and it's 90% of how you react to it. How do I react? What's my response? People are watching. So Pharaoh notices these great qualities that have been developed in Joseph through the trials, and now he's ready to reward him. I love this. Look at the promotion of Joseph. Look at verse 40. Uh, through verse 43. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than you. Look at verse 41. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and, and put a gold chain about his neck. Verse 43. He made him to ride in the second chariot which, which he had and they cried before him, bowed the knee, and he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. Wow! Do you get the picture? I mean, this guy was in the pit, he was in the prison, and now he is on the biggest place, biggest position, right behind Pharaoh. I mean, this guy had gone way far. Here it is, Joseph's, think about this, Joseph's vindication. Remember Potiphar and his wife and what they had accused him of? And now who's laughing? Who's celebrating? Who's victor? Because why? He remained faithful. He allowed God to teach things in his life and speak into his life. It's vindication. It's victory. It's destiny. It's purpose. Okay, God, I got it now. I got it now, God. I see what all this was for. I see the trials and what they were for. I see the detours and what they were for. You were preparing me for this moment. And we're not there yet. This is what you're preparing me for. And I see this. This is the purpose of the, but the betrayal. It's the purpose of the pit. It's the purpose of the false accusation. It's the purpose of the prison. These are tough times. These are tough things. I wouldn't want anybody to face them. But I want to tell you something. If they're going to make you better, then I want you to face them. And by the way, not only do I want you to face them, I want to face them. You know, if everything was good, if everything went perfect in our life, we wouldn't need God. We wouldn't depend on God more. But I want to tell you something. When you go through trials personally, when you go through trials as your church, man, you depend on God more. You pray more. You know what I'm saying today. So you are preparing me for this moment. Would you turn over and hold your place in Genesis 41? Genesis 50, verse 20. We're getting it. We're almost done here. You're preparing me for this moment. Verse 20. His All the people that try to do bad things in his life, listen to what he's saying. But as for you, and he's talking very specifically to his brothers. But as for you, you thought evil against me. You thought this was bad. You thought this was going to be destructive in my life. I want to tell you something. This is a good thing. 
But God meant it unto good to bring it to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. This is, a, this is the moment here. Uh, it was an evil thing. You thought a bad thing. This is a great thing. I've got a promotion. And this promotion is not a selfish gain. This is for the good of other people. God was preparing me to a place where I could help. And as we see that, I want you to see the portrait of Joseph. Look at verse 45, back at Genesis 41, as we finish today. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name, Pharaoh. We're not talking about a Christian leader, a Christian king. Pharaoh called Joseph's name, Zaphnath Paneah. And he gave him a wife. And, and I want you to look at this. I want you to hear what Zaphnath Paneah means. It means little s, Savior. It means Savior of the world, little s. Joseph is this. He's a type of Christ. He's a type of Christ. Becomes an instrument of salvation. He comes to save mankind, as in help them with their physical needs. So he's a picture of Christ. So he was like Christ in the aspect, a picture of Christ, but not Christ himself. A representation of God's love, of his provision for mankind. God's painting the picture of his life on his canvas. And again, he's betrayed by his own brothers. He's thrown in a the pit. They're talking about him. They're laughing about him. He's sold into slavery. He is then lied about at Potiphar's house. He's put into prison. And now, he's in the penthouse. I mean, he is big stuff. Why? God was preparing him. He was painting the picture. What's the finished product that he wants out of Joseph's life? What's the finished product that he wants out of our life? It's Christ's likeness. The type of Christ. We want people to see Jesus Christ through our life. See, here's what we do. We run from difficult situations. We run from trials. We run from tragedy. We run from struggles. And God doesn't have the opportunity to prepare us and to bring us to a place of a finished product to be more like Christ. That's what He wants today. That's what He wants in your life. That's what He wants in my life. He's painting the picture. He wants us to be a portrait of Christ. He wants us to show compassion. I mentioned this, and as I close, I'm going to mention this again. I have a brother that over 16 years ago, he left the faith, left what my parents had taught him. He's a prodigal. I love him. My parents love him. And so today, this is the portrait of Christ. What is Christ like? What do you see Christ like? Compassion, grace, mercy. See, the lost world, prodigals need to see Christians who go through the detours of life, who go through the struggles of life, coming out as a finished product, who are gracious, who are kind, who are compassionate to those who are going through troubles. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please, with me? I have a simple question today as we close. Is this what you're allowing Christ to do in your life? Are you allowing the detours you're going through 
to bring you to a finished product, to teach you, to make you better, to make you more like Christ. Are you doing this? Life doesn't go according to script. Life doesn't go according to our script. God allows those unexpected detours to prepare us, to make us better, to draw us closer to Him, to depend upon Him, to make Him more like, to make us more like Him. What are you doing right now? What have you allowed God to do in your life through the detours you're facing? You're going to face them. Some of you are going through them right now. Some of you will face them this week. What have you allowed God to do and what are you going to allow God to do in your life?